George. Appreciate that. I can just imagine how old Diana is. You don't ask that question, right? Except there's one we know for sure. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to Revelation chapter 6. And as you turn there, I just want to remind you uh, of our meeting in October 24th through 28th. Looking forward to that each night at 7 o'clock. We'll be eating at 5.30 and, uh, and we'll have a time. We've got 50 seats or 50 chairs and a tent behind us uh, sitting on the hay. And uh, we're looking forward to that. And as the days get closer, the more excited I get. Please pray that God would work, that God's spirit would move within us and on us. Amen. Pray that as we send out these letters and we send out these emails and things of that nature, that it all get to the right people, to the right person at the right time, so that that pastors can bring their churches and businesses can bring their employees. Amen. We're looking for a revival. Looking for a stirring of God. We're looking for a spiritual renewing. I need more than I, what I have. Amen. Now I am satisfied with Jesus. I am content with the word of God. There's nothing at all tonight that I would want or that I need. He is sufficient. But I'd like to get some revival. Amen. And so you pray with me about that. I'd like to preach tonight about times are changing and changing fast. Amen. So let's stand to our feet and. And uh, we hopefully get to chapter 6 as we tried to last Sunday morning. Uh, but uh, I think we might. Just going to do a little small review, not much. But uh, so that we can get to this period of time called the tribulation period. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on, sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering to conquer. When I opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth. Now, that's an interesting right there, to take peace. There was already peace but he to take peace, and that they should kill one another. That's another interesting statement. And there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a, a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny, and see that thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when they had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death. And hell followed with him, and power was given unto him over the fourth part of all the earth to kill with sword and hunger, with death and with the beast of the earth. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And, Lord, when we read these verses, Lord, just the fear of the Lord appears in our hearts. And, God, to know that everything we've read will come to pass, to know that it's true. And it is to know, dear God, the earth in which we live on and the earth in which, dear God, our families live and friends and churches is, is dwelling. 
will be where this takes place. And Lord, what an awful time it will be, a time that no man has ever seen, nor has ever seen they will ever see again. And Lord, tonight we pray, Father, that you'd help us to bring a clarity and understanding to the people of God as we preach to Christians tonight. God, that we would uh, not be afraid and God not be uh, full of anxiety or, Lord, even worry uh, tonight, but to be calm and to understand and to bring assurance, dear God, and a knowledge and a clarity that we as Christians know and understand the days in which we live. I don't want to be ignorant, and I don't want your people to be ignorant of this time. We pray that you'll help us as we help them. God, you give us what we need. You guard our lips. You guide our lips. God, may you be glorified in all that we say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, now, tonight, I, I, I want to say that in chapter 6, the church will not be there. Let me just say that. That's the tribulation period. It's the beginning of it. Uh, and you and I that are saved, washed in the blood of the Lamb, uh, we will not be here. And so the next question or thought may be, well, brother, why are you preaching something we're not going to be at? Well, it has nothing to do with us, really. And yet at the same time, I want you to be an educated people. I want you to be a knowledgeable people. I want you to be able to speak to those who know not and those who have not that you may have an answer for everyone that may ask you of what the truth may be. I want you to know what times that we're living in. If I say we're living in the last days, uh, that bears a little bit, but it doesn't give the whole picture. If I say, well, we're in the last time, well, we hear that all the time. We're in perilous days, and we hear that term a lot. And so uh, we kind of kind of get caught up with terms, but really... Uh, tonight, I want the church, the, the, the living of the living God, to know where are we at? What does it look like? And where are we headed? And what is going on before us? And we know we won't be in the tribulation period. Uh, but as we said in 2022, at, at September the 11th, uh, uh, and we're headed forward to September the 12th, if the Lord don't tarry. And uh, so what can we expect? Uh, what can we explain to our children? What can we, as men, to our wives, bring an encouragement and a protection and an understanding of what the days ahead may bring, right? And so we can be a help to a whole lot of people tonight if we can just get a little bit of Bible knowledge with current events. And so tonight I, I want to bring you this because of that. And I, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm not trying to tell you how to do it. I, I just want to bring you in a way that I see the Word of God is how do we get to this chapter 6 and we're going to get there someday one day. It may be tomorrow. It may be next week. It may be next month. It may be next year. But re rest assured, my brethren and sistren, uh, that we're going to get to Revelation chapter 6 someday, someone. We won't be there, but the world will experience it. Amen? But until then... Where do we stand? Where is it that we as a people, and especially tonight as America, as America, does anybody remember what happened on 9-11 some years ago? And uh, we can say, well, you know, it's a, it's a day that we'll never forget, the day that we were attacked. And 
the Twin Towers and the airplanes and, and all of that took place and, and all of those men from Saudi Arabia or Iraq or wherever they may be uh, have come and they've invaded our country and, and they have killed our citizens and, and they have destroyed our buildings and, and we'll get them back and, and we'll take care of them and, and we'll go and we'll kill the multitude. I think they may have killed 4,000 of ours, but we'll kill 8, 12, 16, 100,000 of theirs. And boy, it seemed like maybe the country maybe have gathered together as Americans and, and as patriotism, and, and, but that didn't last very long. It kind of fizzled out. And now we come to where we are in 9-11 again is today. So where is America in the scheme of things? I want to show you, first of all, the powerlessness in the way of introduction, the powerlessness of the last church age. We find that in chapter 3, verse 14 through 22. We're not going to read that and go through that again. Uh, we have mentioned this several times. But I, I want to say it like this, the powerlessness of the last church age. That's how we get to chapter 6. That's how the tribulation period will get there. This is how the, rap, the rapture will take place. And this is where we are today. In this hour, at this time, we're in the powerlessness of the last church age. Now, it is the flesh that is changing the church. The flesh that is changing the church. What has brought the church of the Laodiceans to the last age of the church? Flesh. You remember that God's not in this church. It's, it is a presentless or a personless of Jesus is not there. His presence is not there. His power is not there. Amen. And we find tonight without the presence of Jesus in the church, there will be no power in the church. And without no power in the church, friend, there will be no people of Christ in the church. And so the church of Laodiceans, the church of the people, is a powerless church, a powerless church age, and it's all due to flesh. Flesh has changed the church. Now let's think about that for just a moment. If we look at the churches in our day, if we look at the churches uh, about our community, or maybe out amongst the, the community of, of maybe television, or maybe some churches that you might know of tonight, or some churches that you visited, or some churches that you used to go to, uh, can we agree uh, that the majority of what's going on in churches tonight is all built around flesh? It's all based upon emotion, of feelings. It's all about how we want the, the, the church to be like the world, and the world is fleshly and worldly and carnal. And so we're going to have to make the church, we have to make the music we sing like the world. We're going to have to preach like the world. We've got to have a book like the world. We've got to look like the world. We've got to sound like the world. Uh, we got to have everything the flesh would want is what the church will produce. Amen? And that's where the church is tonight in the age in which we live is the church is changing. Would you agree? Was the church the same 20 years ago as it is today? Is it 30 years ago as it is today? No. So we can all agree tonight that the church is changing. Why is the church changing? Flesh. That's why. Flesh. The flesh has got in. 
The flesh is preaching. The flesh is coming. The flesh is giving. The flesh is singing. The flesh is operating. The flesh is successful. The flesh is organizing. The flesh, the flesh, the flesh. And the flesh is changing our church. If Jesus is not in it, his power's not in it, friend, you'll not find his people in it either. Friend, so it's all built and based upon flesh. There's no power to even convince. Right? The church is, is changing, and the church don't have power any longer to convince the world that Jesus is the answer. The church don't have the power any longer to say that the Christian life is the greatest life. Amen. The church don't have the power anymore to convince those that are unbelievers and those that believe of another God and another way of salvation. The church is so powerless, it don't even have enough power anymore to convince anybody about Christ anymore. Because we live such a fleshly life. We preach such a fleshly message. We preach and sing such a fleshly song. Uh, we do things in such a fleshly way that we come worldly and the world's become churchy. And now it's done combined up today. And we find the church in its powerlessness. And the flesh is changing it. It don't even have power to convince. It has no power to change. The church of the day in which we live, they tell you that you can be saved, you can believe, you can get baptized, you can join the church and still be the same as you were before. The church that's powerless tonight is so powerless, it has no power to change. People come and say, I get right with God. I'm saved. I'm born again. I want to get right with God. I'm wrong with God. And the big people are up there, but they don't have enough power to stay changed. They go right back into the attitude, go right back in the sin, go right back into the way they were living, go right back into where they come out of. Friend, it don't seem like anybody ever gets just saved anymore and changed for the glory of God. It just don't seem like anybody that gets wrong with God and crossways with God and comes down and gets right with God ever stays right with God. The church is so full of the flesh tonight. It's so powerless and this is where we get to chapter 6 that has no power to convince the world and the sinner about Jesus. It has no power to change. And so, friend, you'll find the preachers in the pew tonight as being people that say they saved and they live as the Christians, as with those so-called Christians that's never been created in Christ Jesus. They never put away the old things and new things have never come in their life. No power to change. No power to convince. And lastly, they've got no power to continue. The church of the last day, the church of the Laodiceans are falling out. Apostasy. Apostasy is like coming like candy. The more that joins, the more they quit. Churches are quitting by the dozens. 
Pastors are going back into the field of, of insurance and salesmen and doing this and doing that. Missionaries are coming off the field. Churches today, friend, are finding themselves in situations and places, friend, where what do you do? What do you do? How are you going to handle it? How are you going to get through it? Uh, we're going to have to get off the track of being an organism. Get off the track that it belongs to the church. Get off the track that it's the church that adds to the church. Amen? It's the Lord today that saves individuals. And all of a sudden we get in the flesh. All of a sudden we get into the uh, a sort of a, a mindset that we can do it. We can get it done. We're going to force this thing. We're going to push this thing. We're going to do all these little things here. We're going to make the church work. We're going to make the church go. We're going to make the church get it. We're going to make the church last. Amen. And friend, we find all over people are quitting. Is that true? How many people do you know tonight just quit church? How many family members that you know of that used to go to church but don't go to church anymore? You know what? They ain't got power to continue. They don't have power to change. And they don't have no power to convince. Would it be fair tonight to say in chapter 3, verses 14 through 22, that we have a powerlessness of the last church age? Amen? Number two. There's the proudfulness of the lost culture's agenda. The proudfulness of the lost culture's agenda. We find that in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 through 7. The prior point was 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. As the flesh is changing the church in these days, can I say that the devil... It's changing the culture these days. It's the devil tonight that's changing the culture in which we live in. Because of the powerlessness of the church, the culture becomes strong. Because of the weakness of the church, the culture becomes face. You see more culture than you see more church. You see more culture in the way of success, in the way of progress than you see in the church. And so the world looks at the culture and says, man, we got to follow the culture, not the church. You go on Google and you'll find it all over. The church is dying. The church is going away. Less than 50%, 47% of all Americans go to church now. Less, it's, least it's ever been in the entire history of America. We find tonight, if you are someone who has a reason or has a thinking mind or even has some sort of common sense, not saved, but just common sense, you look at the culture, and the culture seems to be uh, where it's at, and the church seems like it's where it's not at. And tonight, can I say, that's the deceiving of the devil. The devil tonight, Satan himself tonight, is what's changing the culture. Say, what do you mean, Brother Larry? Well, the culture has a greater impact tonight than the church does. You raise a family in this hour. You try to you try to pastor a church in these days. You, you try to you try to come and you try to combat against the culture tonight. You're gonna to have a battle on your hands, friend. 
Friend, you're going you to have a real struggle tonight to be able to, to stand up with the church and it's what it believes and what it's doing and the causes and the purposes of it and the powers within it tonight. And then you're going to go against or versus the culture in which everybody's living in tonight. It's a battle. Amen. Because the culture tonight has a greater impact than the church does. Because the church is powerless. The church tonight, being that lukewarm church. Number two, not only is the culture of greater impact, but the culture has a larger influence. Tonight, for one that is a Christian mama and a Christian daddy, that goes to a Christian church that loves Christianity and is a follower of Christ tonight, you're going to find that the larger influence of the day in which we live is going to be the culture which Satan is changing. They get on Google. They got all types of resources that can go, constant, can go contrary to what you say. Uh, they have books. They have education. They got educators, they got teachers, they got professors, uh, they got people in high places, they got government officials, uh, they got tonight people that are intellectual tonight that's telling you, telling them everything that you're telling them is wrong. And the culture tonight has a greater influence. Ain't that something? Why, why is the culture having so much greater? Because the church is so weaker. Let's get it. Let's just get it in line. We find thirdly that not only is the culture a greater impact and a larger influence, but the culture is a better image. The culture has a better image than the church does. I mean, the culture—they make it smell good, they make it look good, they make it feel good. Uh, they make it, man, they listen, they, the culture makes it like, man, I want that. They appeal to their emotions, appeal to their feelings, appeal uh, to within them. And friends, the pleasures and the entertainments and all the, the things tonight that glitter and gold uh, tonight that the culture has. Our children from way little onto our adults tonight, even into our older adults tonight. It just seems like that culture is an image that is better. In a church, bunch of hypocrites in there, preachers that run around with women, preachers and deacons that take the money, and pe and preaching members of the church that are fooling around with each other, and uh, drinking out there, social drinking, having uh, times together, uh, doing what they ought not to be doing, and call themselves Christians. Uh, uh, that don't look like a very good image to me. Oh, but you can look on this culture side. Everybody's on a Nice boat, everybody's on a nice car and a nice sea and on the boat and, and everybody's got everything and, and they got everything in the world you want. I mean, they even make weed look good. Ain't that something? They make beer look like that's the place to go. That's what you need to drink. There's no better place to be on a Sunday night than to have your beer and barbecue and watching the football. Culture culture tonight is its greater impact, has a larger influence, has a better image, and then it has a wider interest. There's more people that are interested in the culture than they are in the church. 
You know why? Because the church is weak and the culture is strong. I would ask you tonight, if you don't believe what I'm saying, you do a little tour next week. You do a little investigating, a little interrogating. You do a little bit of counseling. You do a little bit of therapy, if you'll, however you want to call it tonight. Say, I'm going to ask 10 people uh, this next week is about the culture. And uh, I'm just going to see if Brother Larry's really right. And I'm going to promise you tonight that I'm going to be right. And I'm going to be right, especially on this, this last one we spoke about the interest. Ask somebody if they're interested in the culture and describe the culture. Are you interested in the church? Culture, church. Which one will you go to? fact of the matter is, some in this room right here, you'd rather have culture than church. Coming to church is grievous. Going to the culture is joyous. Coming to church is burdensome. But going to the, cult going to the culture is happiness. Well, I'm just saying tonight, where are we living at? Well, we're living in the powerlessness of the last church age. The flesh is changing it, changing the church. Where are we living at? Well, we're living in the proudfulness of the lost culture's agenda, and the devil is changing the culture. We find strong culture like this. Now, you stay with me for a minute. I, I want to read all this to you uh, because I want you to see that this culture and what they're doing with sexuality and what they're doing with genders. I'm going to read this to you tonight. It's going to be a few things, but I want you to see how the culture is being changed by Satan. Human sexuality, heterosexual, attracted to a gender different from your own. Homosexual, attraction to a gender the same as your own. A lesbian, a woman who is attracted only to other women. Bisexual. Attracted to two or more genders. Pansexual. Attracted to all genders. Bicurious. Open to experiment with genders that are not their own. Polysexual. Attracted to many genders. Monosexual. Attracted to only one gender. Allosexual. Not attracted at all. At least. or attract, Not attracted to at least one gender. Androsexual, attracted to masculine genders. Gynosexual, attracted to feminine genders. Questioning, debating their own gender. Asexual, not experiencing sexual attraction. Demosexual, experiencing a sexual attraction after forming a bond. Graosexual, only experience attraction rarely. Prior or oriented, your sexual orientation targets the same gender. Vera oriented, your sexual orientation does not target the same gender. Heteronormative, that heterosexuality is the norm. Erusher, ignoring the existence of genders. Polyamorous is having a relationship with one person at a time. Queer is a slur for anybody that is LGBTQ. Ally, a supporter of the LGBTQ plus that does not identify as LBGTQ plus. Cisgender, identifying with your gender, you are at the assigned of birth. 
Transgender, identifying with a gender different than which you were assigned at birth. Transsexual, reassignment of surgery to be a different gender than that which you were assigned with. Binary, male or female. Non-binary, neither, neither strictly male or female. Gender fluid, moving between genders. Agender, not identifying with any gender. Bigender, identifying as two genders. Polygender, identifying with multiple genders at once. Intergender, gender, identifying with multiple genders at once. Intergender, somebody's gender is somewhere between male and female. Demogender, parts are to be defined gender, other parts are undefined gender. Designated gender, assigned at birth. Biarsism, refusing to acknowledge genders outside of male and female. Now, let me ask you something. You get that? You get those 17 different sexualities and those 13 genders? Now, don't tell me tonight that the devil hasn't, hasn't changed our culture. Amen. In Genesis, it tells us, and even in Revelation chapter, I mean, Matthew chapter 19, Jesus says, as it was from the beginning, that God made male and female. Male and female. And then the male will leave his father and mother and will cleave unto his wife. That's woman. So what is God? He says, male, female, male, female come together to replenish and subdue the earth. That's God's plan. Now let me ask you, should I go back and read all that? That's the devil's plan. And this is God's plan. Male, female, they come together and have a family. You're talking about changing the culture. That is an attack on our culture. Amen. Friend, it is bringing confusion. We've got, we've got kids. Uh, we heard the other day, a guy said, well, you know, we're going to have children. We're going to have a baby. Well, we don't know. We don't want to know if it's a boy or a girl before it's born. I understand that, don't you? I think I like that idea. You know, most time we get ultrasound, we get to check it out, and, and it's a funny thing uh, that they see the parts of the human being inside the womb of a mother to let them know if it's a male or female. But the problem is, after that male or female is born, they still don't know if they're male or female. Because mom and daddy, they don't identify. They just say, listen, you be what you want to be. I don't think I'm a male, even though I have male uh, tendencies or I have male parts. That's okay. Just go get them cut off. Mutilation. Boom. I'm a girl. I think I want to be a boy. Well, then just go get mutilated. Mom and daddy's doing that all. Do you know that from the age of eight years old, that's going on in America? All over the world. This stupidity and this ignorance and this satanic attack, this demonic mindset that Satan, the devil tonight, is changing our culture. And every one of us today will be affected by it. You'll have children, grandchildren, friends, neighbors, cousins, somebody in your life tonight that will be part of this culture change. 
It's so big and large and huge. The devil today is bringing forth this change in our culture. It's an attack on God. The world has come to a time and a place, and it says this tonight. Well, i got plenty of time. Next time I ever look at my clock, it's like 8.15 or something. But, man, it's only, it's only 7.47. Hallelujah. The world has come to a place and said that we've got a due date. And that due date is 2030. And 2030 is going to be the day. I mean, that's when everything's going to cultivate. That's when everything's going to consummate. That's when everything's going to come to a conclusion. That's when everything's going to come to, their, to the world's agenda. To all of what they say, all that what they're going to do, 2030. Have you heard about this? It's called transhumanism and the future of humanity. Seven ways the world will change by 2030. Have you heard about that? If you haven't heard about that, write it down and go to good Google and look it up. Let me say it again. Transhumanism and the future of humanity. Seven ways the world will change by 2030. It's eight years from now, folks. You say, brother, we're not going to be here during the tribulation period. Yeah, but it's not that we're not going to be there. we got to know how they're thinking today. We got to know what the world is doing. We got to know what all of the politicians and all the powers to be and all the ones that's in charge, all the intellectuals, all the tech companies, and all those that are big and millionaires. And what do they want and where they're heading and where they're leading? What well, 2030s to date? And transhumanism is on their mind. Check it out. I don't have time tonight to go through those seven ways. But one of the ways, i just tell you this, is the body will be augmented. There will be things that, we, that will be placed within our bodies so that we can be smarter and we can be faster and we can become bigger, that we can perform at a higher rate if you're a sports athlete. If you're, into the, if you're into an intellectual place where you have to think, you can think faster. It is such a scary thing that they have said that there will be argument, augmentations within your body that will be connected to a computer. And Fred, right now when we speak, we can only speak so fast. But with the augmentation they're, they're talking about by 2030 is when you think it, it's already on the computer. And it's already given. So I want to talk to Brother Robert on the way of a text or a way of a computer email. I don't have to type it. I don't have to say it. I just think it. And this augmentation within my body would send it to him on just what I thought. That works faster, they said. That's more efficient. They're talking about having 17, 18 uh, story buildings tonight and get rid of all the farming, get rid of all the gardening, get rid of all of that and have it in, under lights 
in buildings. And these buildings are big old floors, 17, 18 story floors. And all of them are full of vegetation and fruits and vegetables. And all that you would garden is in this building under lights. And all these other types of lights. They're talking about not only having though that, that kind of mindset. There will be no meat at all. No cattle at all. There will be no beef at all. For they will make their own. They're talking, about, they're talking about making organs like a kidney. In a laboratory. You think brother you're out of your mind. No you're out of your mind. 2030 is the date. Look it up. We got to be educated. We got to be knowledgeable. We can't keep on walking around like this. Then we stump and we fall and we smash it on our face and we say, What happened? Oh, man, get up. Pay attention. Get into what's going on. Find out how. Did we get here? I tell you how we got here. We got here because of a church that is weak. Because of a culture that is strong. We got here because the flesh is changing the church. Because Satan is changing the culture. And here we are at transhumanism. They're saying that they want to make a soulless human. Right, Brother Charles? I see you going. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not lying. A soulless human. That's what this world wants to make. There's also a, have you heard of this? I'm talking about the world has set a date, 2030. It's called 33 Dramatic Predictions for 2030. 33 Dramatic Predictions for 2030. 30. Let me just read a few to you. I ain't read you all, 20, all 33 of them. By, by 2030, over 80% of all doctors' visits will have been replaced by an automated exam. By 2030, over 90% of all restaurants will use some form of 3D food printer in the meal preparations. By 2030, 10% of all global financial transactions will be conducted by Bitcoin or Bitcoin cryptocurrencies. By 2030, we will see a growing number of highways designated as driverless vehicles only. By 2030, Chinese companies will become the first to enter to space tourism industry by establishing regular flights to the space hotel. By 2030, the world's largest internet company will be the education business. It will be a company we will have not heard of. By 2030, over 20% of all new construction will be printed buildings. By 2030, over 2 billion jobs will have disappeared, freeing up talent for the new fledging industries. 2030, a new protest group will be emerged that holds anti-cloning rallies, demonstrating against the creation of soulless humans. By 2030, we will see the first city to harvest 100% of its water supply from the atmosphere. What? By 2030, world religions will make a resurgence and the communities of faith are growing nearly by 50% over what they are today. By 2030, over 50% of traditional colleges will collapse. 
By 2030, scientists will have perfected an active cross-species communication system, enabling some species to talk to each other as well as humans. So they're talking about animals talking to humans, humans talking to animals, and there's an understanding. By 2030, we will see the first hurricane stopped by human intervention. By 2030, we'll see some wireless power used light that's invisible light bulbs in the middle of the room. By 2030, we will see the first demonstration of technology to control gravity, reducing the pull of gravity in a, for an object by as much as 50%. 33 of those. What do you say, brother? Our culture is changing. Right? You better get on with it. You better know what's coming. Because you're going to wake up and say, oh, I can't believe that. What in the world has happened? Where is this world coming to? You know, like an old hit. It's all over the Internet. They're giving us right before us what's going on, what's going to happen. 2030 is the date. That's their, and they, they started earlier, but the date of 2030 is where everything's going to come together. Right? I'm just telling you. It looks like the world has concluded with a 2030 date is the magical year of completion. Can I say here thirdly tonight? Is the pricelessness of the long country's effect. All I'm saying is this. Is the world is changing our country. The world is changing our country. The flesh is changing the church. Satan is changing the culture. And the world is changing our country. USA. America. 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 The greatest nation that's ever been is being changed by the world. There's a 2030 agenda. Every one of y'all going to have that here soon. I'm going to make one for everybody in this room. You have your own 2030 agenda. You can take a look at it. What's in that? Well, it's 103, 193 nations that came together with 17 goals and 169 targets. There's no mention of God in it. There's no mention of the church in it. There's no mention of the family in it. There's no mention of the Bible in it. There's no mention of the parents in it. There's no mention tonight of any of those things in this agenda. This agenda of 2030, of all 193 nations that got together, the United States is one of them, a part of it. It says by this date, on this time, uh, this, all of these agendas and all these targets will be met. And that's where we're going. That's where we're headed. We read them the other day. I'll read them again to you. Uh, the 17 of these, uh, of these uh, targets or 17 of these uh, goals. Is, the first one is no poverty. No poverty. They already messed up on the first one because Jesus said the poor shall be with you always. Well, I don't know how they're going to get rid of that, but they're going to say no poverty, except I really know how they're going to do that. They're going to do no poverty because everybody will be making the same amount of money. Everybody will be in the same place doing the same thing. All of us will be up in high rises, and all of us will be in little rooms and shacks and huts, and all of us will be getting the same amount of food and the same amount of insurance and the same amount of income and the same amount of everything. Everybody's the same. Amen. That's how poverty goes away, according to them. No poverty. Zero hunger. Zero hunger. 
Nobody's going to be hungry. Ever. But you know how to do that, right? You have these hunger houses. And you go to the hunger house, and everybody stands in line. And everybody gets their own ration. In other words, if you get one chicken and one bread and one milk, I get a chicken, I get a bread, and I get a milk. And you do too. Everybody gets the same. Nobody goes hungry, but everybody gets the same. How y'all like that? The world is changing America. We find there's going to be good health, health care for everyone, well-being, quality education, education for everybody, gender equality, ever gender, you know, we, just told, we told you a bunch of them a while ago, equality for every single one of them, clean water and sanitation, affordable and clean energy, decent work and economic growth, Industrial innovation and infrastructure. Reduced inequalities, sustainable cities and communities. They're going to bring, I read it the other day, it says that they're going to take everybody out of the country, out of the rural areas, and bring everybody into eight cities. And everybody's going to be within a city in high rises. There's going to be responsible consumption and production, climate action, Life below water, life on land, peace, justice, and strong institutions, partnership of the goals. One government, one world money, one world health, one world religion, one world banking, one world citizenship, one world military. America is gone, and the influence and impact that she had will never come back once this one world government begins. Times are changing. Things are changing. Are we agreement? Are you changing? Are you changing with the times? Are you changing with, with the things? I'm not. I'm staying with the truth. Things are changing. Times are changing. Truth don't change. I stick with the truth. The old days are past. Can't say, wish we go back in the old days and we're gone. Hey, we can't say the normal days are gone. The normal days will never come back. The old good old days are gone. The normal days are gone. And what we got to look forward to? The new days. The new days are here. Amen. There's nothing to be upset with tonight. There's nothing to be discouraged with tonight. There's nothing to be worried about tonight. Listen, we're the children of God. I'm just letting you know where things are going. I'm just letting you know to understand how we are, how we got here, and what's going to take place. That's all. Don't be disturbed about it. God hasn't changed. The Bible hasn't changed. The Christian won't change. As we've seen in the book, the church is the last age. It's changed. The culture in the last days, it's changed. And the country in which we live in the last days, it's changing. Adam lost a title deed back in Genesis but Jesus in Revelation chapter 5, he re recovered that title deed. In chapter 6 in Revelation in verse 1, we find Jesus standing there. He's standing there as the Lamb of God. And the book is in his possession. And as he's in his possession, he is the one who has created the book. Stick with me now. He's created the book. And the book is in his hand. 
But not only has he created the book that tells me everything in the book he wrote. Everything in the book will happen. Everything in the book will be done. Nothing be added. Nothing be subtracted. He is the creator of the book. But not only is he the creator of the book, Fred, but he's the one that's in control. It's him that starts the tribulation period. Woo! We ain't got nothing to worry about, church. He is in the charge. He's in the control. He's the creator of it. And when that book seals are open, it will be him that opens it. He's the last man standing. All others are gone. All communists are gone. All socialists are gone. All capitalists are gone. All Republicans, all Democrats, all liberals, all conservatives. Everyone, everything, all powers, authorities, principalities are all gone. And he's standing. And friend, he's in complete charge, control, and creator of the book. And how everything has played out from chapter 3 and the very powerless of the church and chapter 4 of the rapture of the church. Amen for that. And then for chapter 4 being the place where Jesus Christ is sitting on the throne as the Lord. In chapter 5, he's standing on the throne as the Lamb. In chapter 6, he's standing as the Lion. And boy, he has the book. Nothing will get started. Nothing will do anything except when he decides. Now, can I say this before I get there? America is a beacon of democracy, capitalism, and hope to all the world. U.S. has reshaped the entire world, contributing in global technology and social progress more than any other nation ever has. It is very difficult tonight to recognize or to even imagine a world without America. But the new world order or the Green New Deal or the Great Reset or the Build Back Better is just a con to the West that we want to take over you. We have to get rid of America so this agenda can go forward. The death of America, the targets of the world in America, they're targeting seven things. Number one, they're targeting all ordered government. The world is targeting America, all ordered Governments are being attacked by this world, by this agenda. Private property. Chinese and other countries are taking up the private properties in America. The ones who want to get rid of America and destroy America will eventually get the private properties of America. Third, inheritances. They're attacking and targeting inheritances. So that you don't inherit anything else. Number four, 
They're attacking patriotism. If your patriotism at all towards America, you're red, white, and blue, I bleed, I bleed. Red, white, and blue. They're going to be attacking you. Make America great again. <laughs> They'll take you down. They're going to attack, fourthly, the family. The family, and especially the marriage. And then especially the education of the children. That's how they're going to attack the family. Then they're going to attack a religion. And they're going to make a religion to be one God to everyone. Only tonight the new world order has the answers. Listen to their answers. The new world order has promised, gave oath, to America, that they will protect you from diseases. Right? Like Fauci. Protect you from diseases. Number two, the New World Order will protect you from the environment. Only the New World Order can do this for you since we're in a troubled place. Number three, the New World Order will protect you from minorities by being a minority from racism. Only the New World Order can do this for you. The New World Order, friend, will bring forth a, that will guarantee you equal outcomes. Biden on March the 22nd, 2022 said this. President Biden, Joe Biden, now is a time when things are shifting, changing. That's what I'm preaching. I'm preaching on changing tonight. We're going, we're going to, there's going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it, and we've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. That's the President of the United States of America. Paul Leninsky, years ago, has said this. He said, there's eight levels to destroy a nation, to communism. Number one, health care. If you can control health care, you control people. Now, stick with me because we're fixing to go through these, seven th these eight things, and this is what this Agenda 2030 does. Health care. If you can get everybody on free health care, you got them. Number two, poverty. If you can increase poverty, if you can bring up poverty, if you can make more people in poverty, then there's more that dependence upon government. Number three, debt. If you can bring more debt, unsustainable debt, the level of debt, increase taxes. Are y'all listening to this? This is what's going on right now in 2022 in our world, in America. We've got a high debt, national debt, and now there's inflation, and now there's taxation. We're going to get it, friend. Everything in the world in America has gone up. He said that's how you destroy a, a nation. Health care. Poverty, debt, 
the interest rates. If you have credit cards, it's up to 36%. Who can afford that? There's trillions of dollars in credits of American tonight that has credit out in credit cards tonight. And it's 24 to 36% if you don't pay the bill each month. That's how you destroy a nation. Fourthly, gun control. Calls a police state so that the people can't protect themselves. Take their guns. I tell you, it's a weird thing to me is that you got an AK-47, right? And they want to take the AK-47 from you. But every day in the streets of Chicago, and even used to, it's got high rate, sky rate on the, on the murder rate. You know what they're killing with? Handguns. Nobody's taking a handgun away. That's what's killing people. They're taking an AK-47. Why are they taking AK-47s? They're not killing nobody. They may kill a string of five people or six people or ten people here or there in school or some seminar or someplace like that. But the majority of killings are done by handguns. Nobody's saying anything about a handgun. Isn't it kind of confusing to you? <laughs> Don't make sense, right? Down in Canada, they got rid of all the guns, so they brought the knives. I guess we're going to have to get rid of knives now. The mindset is where I'm trying to get you to. Fourth, fifthly, welfare. If they can control your housing, your food, and your income, they can destroy the nation. And that's what America wants to do right now. They want to control your food. You see any rationing, any empty shelves? You see any of that place? I, I've been told in other states, not in, mostly in Texas, but in a lot of states, there's a lot of emptiness going on. You know, you see how many, how many places of manufacturers are being burned up? I guess that's just accident that all these people making all these, uh, all these foods and things of that nature, and they're just burning up. The whole buildings are burning up. Y'all see that? Strange. We find uh, about incomes. Incomes are not rising, but everything else is rising. Welfare, housing, the housing market, friend, you don't want to sell. And we ain't got no money to buy. What do we do? Education. They can control what you listen to, and they control what you read. That's how you destroy a nation. That's how the media today has destroyed our nation. They control what you listen to. And they control what you read. The newspapers are writing. And the news is saying. And the majority of Americans today are eating it up as if it's true. Right? Misinformation. Disinformation. Don't matter. Religion. That's how you destroy a nation is when you get government the God. Class warfare is you have the wealthy and you have the poor and the middle class is cut out. And that's what America is trying to do today. Cut out the middle class. And I would say everybody in this room would be middle class. And if the government would get their way and the agenda 2030 would get its way and, and all of these major companies and major uh government agencies will get their way there will be no middle class because you're never going to hurt the wealthy 
You'll never take away the rich. And the poor is poor. What can you do with poor? Get poor? It's the middle class. And that's us. Either we got to go up to the wealthy or go down to the poor. Destroying an enemy society. Destroy the religious ideas like destroy Christianity in the West. That's how you get rid of America. Number two, destroy the family. The family is a fabric of our society. The family is a nuclear family. It's a stable children. How do you get rid of the family and destroy the family? How do you do that? You by promoting the gay agenda. That's how you get rid of the family. That's how you put away the fabric of society. That's how you get stable children to become confused. Is you promote the gay agenda. You target fertility. You stop having children. You take birth control. And you have all these other procedures in which you don't tell the, you don't tell the women, you don't tell the men uh, to not have sex. You don't tell them to, that sin. Uh, you don't tell them that, that they are to, to go forth out of their mother and father's house as a virgin man or woman and come unto a man or woman of the opposite sex, as the Bible says, male and female, and the male and the female come together as a family, and you have children that way. They don't tell them those things because that's Christian, but they tell them other things just take birth control. That's how you destroy a nation. Target fertility. Lower the birth rate. The children don't know what gender they are. And you destroy the old family unit. The old family sitting around the old table eating dinner at night. Get rid of that. Getting up in the morning, have all your children sit around the table as, as mom has fed them and mom has got them ready and, and daddy is there and he tells them he gives them a little devotion, a three-minute devotion, prays for each one of them as they go out the door. That's old family stuff there. Promote toxic masculinity. In other words, if you're a man and you're masculine, you're wrong. And then to promote extremist feminism. If you're a woman, you got to be tough. You got to do what men do. You got to work as they work. You got to be as they are. I'm talking about how to destroy America. Destroy the education system. Divide the races. Corrupt the government like the CIA and the FBI. Does that sound familiar to you? Take away the protection of citizens. Destroy self-reliance. Get big tech to remove the, all the ideas and viewpoints about the old America. Corrupt nation's leadership with money. Pay off the people to go against America. Give them money to burn up cars and to break into to police places and to, to be very, very ones of stealing and taking and hurting and, and uh, being as if uh, it was the uh, Antifa, as it was the Black Lives Matters and, and those groups out there doing all their destruction. Promote that and pay it. You want to destroy. 
promote disrespect of the nation's symbols like our flag, like our national anthems, like standing with our hands over our chest like this. Kneel down, burn the flag. That's how you destroy America. Make up adversaries to America that are not even real, but make America think that they have adversaries. So they're trying to fight somebody that's not real. That's where we are, folks. And then in Revelation chapter 6, verse 1, Jesus has the book. And then the tribulation to begin. Do you think we might be ready? You think it might be close? The church is where it's at tonight. That's a fact. The rapture will take place. Once the rapture takes place, there will be no redeemed person on this world. There will be no restraining power to stop any evil. To stop any evil spirit, evil, evil heart, or even flesh. Man will be ready to wrap it, do whatever they want to do, when they want to do it, how they want to do it. And there's nobody going to stop them. The redeemed is gone. There's no influence biblically. There's no influence spiritually. There's no influence in any way, in any place. No mama and no daddy that's saved. No grandpa and no grandpa that's saved. Nobody and all friends and everybody, every place you go is lost. No restrainer and the world's in chaos when the rapture happens. Planes are crashing. Cars are wrecking. Clothes are all over the place because you ain't taking your clothes with you when you get raptured. Jewelry, your, your, your earrings, your bracelets, your watches just laying on the ground. Your shoes, your sock, anything and everything is gone. The graves are gone, and the bodies of the graves are gone. Now, will they be open tonight? I don't know, but they're gone. Clothes everywhere, people's missing everywhere. The tra people, Christians that were trash pickuppers are gone. No more trash is not being picked up because they ain't there. Pilots, daddies are gone, mamas are gone, children are gone. Thousands and thousands of children will be gone. They're under the age of accountability. The rapture takes place. The world's in a chaotic mess. Man, what are they going to do? What's going to happen? There's going to be all types of, of, of fear and all types of anxieties. And, and people are going to reach out and try to do all that they can. Do you think the work will keep on working? Work stops. Government stops. Life stops. Everything stops. And then Jesus with the book. He opens the seal. And here comes the white horse. I got to tell you next Sunday, though, about the white horse. But he comes. They say that's Jesus. I say they're wrong. I say that's the Antichrist. And can you imagine what he inherits? Whew, it's going to be chaotic. Now, if you're not saved tonight, and the rapture happens tonight, you'll be left behind. And the next statement you see is the tribulation period. My heart breaks for you. Don't leave out here unsaved. You better make sure tonight that you're washed in the blood of the Lamb. You better make sure tonight that your prayer is not what you're trusting in. You better make sure that your baptism is not what you're counting on. You better make sure that your repentance of sin and faith in Christ is your own reliance. You better make sure that that one who says prepare the way of the Lord that John the Baptist preached this morning is the Lord God, and that's who you're trusting in this morning, this evening.
because when the rapture happens, I don't know, maybe you might know, Brother Robert, but it doesn't really say if the tribulation starts right after the rapture. It might be a day, it might be a two days, it might be a week. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be after the rapture. And when it does happen, friend, I'm telling you, this world has never seen such destruction, such agony, such pain, and such torture. You don't want to miss it. I'm talking about the rapture. But you do want to miss the tribulation period. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I tried this evening to give you kind of an overview of where we are tonight as a church, as a culture, and as a country. To let you know that someday, one day, this tribulation period will start. And I promise you, next Sunday we will get to that chapter 6. I'll promise you that. And we'll just see what all this tribulation is all about. Is anybody here tonight, you just need to get right with God. Would you come? Maybe you just need to get saved tonight. You're just not saved. Won't you come get saved? Maybe you just want to come pray. Maybe you just want to come talk to the Father about His Son. Maybe you just want to have a little time with the Father tonight. Whatever it may be, you come. You, you sing, Brother George. If nobody comes, we'll go. I don't want to keep you longer than I should. Just want to tell you about our country, about the church, and about the culture. It's exactly what the Word of God has said. Timothy chapter 3 and Timothy chapter 4. Peter chapter 2. We didn't get into those verses, but we will. We got hope in Christ. Man, we're not worried. We're not scared. We're just knowledgeable. We just know what's coming. We see the signs. We see the seasons. But our eyes are upon the sun. Don't be distracted. Don't be detoured. Don't be discouraged. Don't be distraught. Just be delightful. That you're saved and you know Christ. We're going to be okay. We'll be all right. We'll be fine. Thank you, Lord. What a Savior. What a Lord. What a God. Help us, Lord. Let me give you a little hint, church. All that I said tonight is exactly what God is wanting the world to do for chapter 6. They don't even know it. They don't know it. They don't know they're right in the plan of God. They're preparing the world for the Antichrist. And we win. Brother Charles, you dismiss us, okay?
Zweite Sohn.